This is the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Rule number one is you have to believe in yourself. You're the only one who doesn't think you belong in this appointment. The prospect has already validated your existence by scheduling time with you. Get it through your head you belong here. Go in there, crush it, and close the deal. A place where sales professionals can come to learn from other sales professionals and thought leaders that have mastered their craft. The difference between a good salesperson and a best-in-class salesperson is only two minutes. By spending an extra two minutes on what you might think is a mundane task in the sales game, you separate yourselves from the pack, you grow your book of business, you close more deals, and you retain your accounts. As well as their peers who are still striving for perfection to achieve their why. I have a wife and four kids. Failure is not an option. Real sales professionals. Real stories. Real results. It's no different than being a professional baseball player. You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game. This is the Power Producers Podcast. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? All right, everybody, you're in for a good episode today. We have our buddy Gabe O from out in Seattle, Washington. And Gabe got on my attention radar when I watched how he was promoting local businesses in his area. And he wasn't doing it in a way to necessarily promote his company, but in a way to bring awareness to others. And I think that we all know how that plays out in the end. If you're selfless, it tends to come back to you in multiples. So I found myself learning about businesses local to Gabe as far away from him on the other side of the country as possible and watched for like seven, eight minutes while people walked with Gabe and talked about their businesses. So I figured if he got my attention, which is really difficult to do, especially when I'm not on my meds, that uh, he could probably get everybody else's attention too. So I wanted to have him on and talk with him today. Gabe, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So tell me a little bit about uh, Gabe. What's your What's the story? Where'd you come from? How'd you get into the business that you're in now? Uh, I've been in business for 10 years now, which is crazy. It doesn't seem like it, but uh, 10 years. It's myself and a handful of others. Or, of course, everyone's working remotely. We actually have one person coming in the office. But uh, yeah, and it's been, you know, we're PNC. Um, we don't do medical insurance, but everything but P- everything in PNC. Uh, we're heavy personal lines. We're about 70, 75% personal lines, going more toward commercial. Um and we're actually located outside of uh, Seattle in a, a city called Mill Creek, about, I'm going to say, maybe 35, 40 minutes, depending on traffic, north of Seattle. So, yeah, it's uh, some crazy times, but we're, we're, we're getting through it. That's a beautiful part of the country out there, man. I, I know that it's changed in recent years a little bit in Seattle proper, but I was out there for a while back in 1995. I went out there for a week when the final four was at the kingdom before they blew it up. And I always told myself that if I ever lived anywhere other than where I'm at right now, that would be one place I would go. You have everything that you could possibly want. You got the mountains, you got the beach, you've got good food, you've got sports. So a reasonably good climate, it seems like, for the majority of the year. And believe, believe it or not, it did not rain a single day that I was in Seattle for an entire week. So they, you, you must have been out here in uh, the summer. Everybody says that. Now it was during the Final Four for NCAA back oh, okay. when. Uh, oh, holy smoke. So, no, oh my, okay, that doesn't, yeah, no rain in uh, March, April. Hmm, that's odd. But right now it's gorgeous. Uh, yeah, we. See, I would say Seattle is, I mean, you know, I get to travel a little bit, uh, go to conferences, things like that. And every time I come back, I, I love this area more and more. It's, uh, we actually, get, you know what, I'm pretty sure from a measurement standpoint, you guys get way more rain than we do. It's possible. I mean, yeah. when it comes because down when it to it, rains, it friggin' rains over there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, instant flooding. It's crazy. Yeah. And, and the, the size of the raindrops are punitive to your flesh if you're outside. Like, it's. <laughs> right. Like getting wailed on with a cat of nine tails if you're yeah. in an afternoon thunderbanger. It's not the rain that I think gets to people. I actually have a friend that moved from Clearwater to here because she got married, and 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 it wasn't the rain that got to her. It was the gray. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I would say from the months of November through, uh, you know, this time of year. I mean, today is gorgeous, but it gets it's it's gray, you know, half the year. And that that probably kind of gets to people a little bit. My parents are from Ohio. It's the same way up there. It's miserable. It's like, I mean, you get you get sun for like a, a total of one month out of the year and it's broken up over days over the course of the year. It's like, yeah. I, I could never do it. It's fun to vacation yeah. and, and hang out for a little bit, but I need the yeah. sun, man. Yeah, I forgot how bad it was. Yesterday it hit like mid sixties and you got people wearing tank top, <laughs> <laughs> you know, putting, putting it, it, sunscreen on. It's pretty funny. Well, yeah, I went to college in West Virginia and there was always a weekend in late February every year where it got warm enough to where it was like in the, high 50s to low to mid 60s everybody'd be out in shorts and short sleeves washing their cars and everything else like two weeks later it's like iced over so it's crazy stuff well how did how did you get into the insurance industry to begin with have you always owned your agency would that look uh, like? yeah yeah i started scratch uh, 10 years ago like i said so before i so i went to university of washington go huskies go dogs um and we uh, graduated with a, a community environmental planning degree, went into a real estate development, was in the real estate development development industry for about seven years. And then right around, well, I think you guys got hit pretty hard. Well, the whole nation got hit hit hard in the, uh, the real, real estate recession, right, in 2008, 2009. So right around then is when I lost my job. <clears throat> and then um, had a little bit of time to kind of figure out what we wanted to do, what I wanted to do next, and kind of fell into insurance. So that's I think at that time I was looking for something that was a little bit more recession proof just because that, that last recession really hit that real estate uh, um, industry so hard. Now, granted, of course, you know, we all know insurance now insurance isn't recession proof. I mean, it, it's a little more, you know, it's a little more, uh, it's got a little more of a, I don't know what the word is. It's, it's not quite like real estate, but um it doesn't have the same beta coefficient. There you go. There you go. So, so yeah, that's kind of what I said. You know what? I think I can do this and um, hooked up with some agencies in Seattle, learned from them. And the next thing you know, it opened up a little agency. It was myself in a closet size uh, office for the first uh, year or so and just kind of grind, grind. And next thing you know, we're here. So, yeah, it's pretty amazing how, how things have happened. But uh, we've gotten here. I, I surely, I mean, I, I don't know how what the heck last 10 years went. I, 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 I pinch myself every day. I have no idea how we got here. What was your tipping point? Like what, what was the deciding factor where you said, when okay, I, this is what I want to do? Well, I'll be honest. I mean, the first couple of years I was, you know, you know how it is. I, I think anyone that's does insurance for the first couple of years scratch. I mean, you're eating, you're eating top ramen for the first year <laughs> and a half. You know, luckily I didn't have kids. Um, you, you know, wife and I were married, but and she was a school teacher at the time. She she stays home and watches our two little kids now. But so she she was supporting me, and um and we had a little bit of savings, so we were able to get through it. But yeah, I would say the after like the first two two and a half years is when I finally could like take take a breather and say, hmm, I think this might actually work, you know. And it, then it's funny, man, because I did a talk out at Innovation. I did a workshop on how I hire people, and I started scratch in 2016. And, you know, I always used the top ramen or the boxed macaroni and cheese from back in the day. And it was never craft. It was always the store brand because you could get <laughs> you could get 10 boxes of it for a buck back then, you know, and um, you could tell when it was a good a good week. Like it was payday because I would actually go buy the Velveeta box that had the pre-made, the, yeah, the pre-made cheese gold, pouch, yeah, pre-made cheese pouch in it. And then based on true instinct would add water to thin the sauce a little bit buy a second pack of plain pasta to add to it so i got multiple days worth of meals out of it and if it was a really really good payday i might add a pack of browned ground beef to that so (laughs) you know but i think it's interesting man you have to be able to look back on those things and realize you know embrace what you've been through and where you've come from I think there's so many people out there that just look when you have a business that's become somewhat successful, they look at it and they think that it was just handed to you or it was born that way. I don't really feel like a lot of times people don't really appreciate the grind that real entrepreneurs have to go through and how many times they screw things up before they get it right. And for me, you know, I've been in this industry now over 15 years. 
I still learn something almost every single day to improve my process. And I think, you know, I don't want to throw stones at my peer group out there, but I'm going to anyhow. And I think that's one of the differences between what makes good agencies and good producers versus the ones that just collect a paycheck is we never stop. We don't take for granted where we're at Mm -hmm. and we never stop trying to get better. You know, I say my common thing is I want to be better today than I was yesterday, but not as good as I'll be tomorrow. And I think that we have to keep that mindset. Yeah, you're absolutely right, David. And, and and here's the other thing, I uh, and I'm kind of an old school mentality. You know, I, I was actually born in Korea, I immigrated when I was three years old, so I so I still have that immigrant mentality that my dad raised me in. But I never did this for the money, never ever. Um, it wasn't a money play. You know, granted, we need money to survive. I get that, and and if you do things right, you know, the money's decent in this industry. But um, I've never made a decision on where to place a client or. Or, 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 or a renewal or anything like that based on, you know, the, the spiffs that the carriers do or the commissions or anything. It's always been about the client. It's always about, you know, what, what we can do best for them. And, and I think that goes a long ways too. And you get a lot of, you know, there's some amazing agency owners out there. I'm not trying to say this is, this is the makeup of all agencies, but I think a lot of agency owners, they kind of go into, go into it with the wrong reasons. And, and I think that is also the the difference maker too. No, I'm with you hundred percent, man. I agree. <clears throat> I think, you know, it's funny because when I got into the insurance industry, the conversation that I had was with the guy who owned the, the large agency that I, originally started out at as a producer. And his comment to me was, you know, if I was in retail, I don't know if, how much you know about that, but I, I came from grocery stores in super targets. That's what I did. I worked a hundred hours a week and, you know, made less money per hour, the longer I worked. And I decided at 30 years old, I had a two-year-old son who didn't know who I was. What do I want to be when I grow up? And so I flew down and I had lunch. I flew down from Birmingham, Alabama to Tampa, had lunch with a guy that eventually I ended up going to work with. And he told me, he said, David, he goes, um, the insurance industry is full of C players. It's an average industry. And he said, if you think you're an A player, you will absolutely dominate in this environment because it's full of people who do just enough. And it's crazy. You know, that sounds like it's a slam. It's extremely accurate. Okay. And I'm not saying that to throw off on people, but I can tell you coming from you know, what I call blue collar. I mean, if you've ever run a grocery store or a super target, you understand you're not just sitting there managing by reports. You're actually unloading trucks and do your, if somebody doesn't call in, uh, come in to fry the donuts, guess who's frying the donuts that morning. So, you know, it was very blue collar to me. And my first year out, I worked 50 hours a week. I was working twice as much as my competition. And I felt like I was on vacation. It was amazing. And I wrote more business because I would answer my phone at 515 when nobody else would. And I wrote business on Saturdays. Like I would actually meet with people. If they had an issue, I would stop what I was doing and go meet with them. Now, I don't advocate people take time away from their family ever. But at that time, that's what my family needed me to do. And I did. And so I take that background of being in retail and understanding what it's like to have to work the crazy hours and really put the time in and I've brought that mentality to my agency. And I think sometimes there's a, a, just a, I think there's a difference in perception, right? I think, and you probably have experienced this when you've hired people where I just automatically assume that if I get along with somebody that they're going to have the same general work ethic and I can see all of that and everything else and their idea of getting after it and my idea of getting after it are on two completely different levels. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, in fact, yeah, talking of working, working long hours, I, after 10 years, I just changed my hours. It, I used to, it used to say from seven to seven, Monday through Friday and then Saturday hours. But now it's, uh, from, I think it's from nine to six and then appointment only. So I, I after 10 years, we finally changed our hours. Um, cause I was, I, I wasn't necessarily here from those, those hours, but I always had my, uh, office phone transferred even to this day my office phone is transferred to my cell phone. Um, and I pick those, pick up the phone if, uh, no one's available in the office. So yeah, I, I love what I do. This is a great industry. I love, I love our community and, um, it, this community has been great for, for, 
for for us, my family. We live here. We work here. My office is here. So, um, and and most of our clients are from around this area. So we do what we can to to help to to uh, provide great service for them. And yeah, it's worked out pretty good. So how did you get, um, the, you know, the idea for, for doing the walk, the video with, you know, with local people, that was pretty cool. I mean, it looked like you were moving at a pretty brisk pace. Like, <laughs> I mean, you know, I, it's funny. I, I've had so many people say that I so just move, just I'm, I'm a, down the street. Uh, vertically challenged man. I am uh, <laughs> five, seven, um, with short legs. So, uh, I'm not quite sure why I walk so damn fast, but uh, apparently I do. <laughs> um, um, so I, I got the idea. Well, first of all, I'm not a very creative person. Um, I tell everyone I, I am so not creative. I, I steal everyone's ideas and then I kind of make it, make it my own. Um, so, uh, how I got this idea was I watch a lot of YouTube. Um, and, uh, if you guys know who Kevin Nealon is, Oh, he dude! Used to, he used to pump you up from Saturday Night Live, right? Exactly. He's yeah, also yeah. he's all the uh, also um, like, dude. That's the golden years of Saturday Night Live yeah. for me. Yep. But I also loved him in Happy Gilmore when yeah, he was like the, right. he was like the life coach golfer on the tour. It was awesome. Yeah, he's awesome, and he so he has a series uh, on YouTube uh, on his channel. Check him out. He's uh, he's hilarious. But he uh, he 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 calls his series hiking with Kevin. And he does hikes just like how I do my walking with Gabe with with a selfie stick. Um, and he just does hikes around L.A. And, of course, he's uh, interviewing celebrities. And I loved how it was so uh, raw. Um, it wasn't produced. Uh, you know, he does cuts and things like that. But um, it, it was really raw. And you got to see celebrities not in their makeups and stuff like that. So I thought, you know what, maybe I could do something um, a little bit more on the local level and to kind of focus on, on local businesses. And, um, and that's, that's kind of how I started. And it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Obviously this whole shutdown coronavirus things thrown, <laughs> thrown a little bit of a wrench because right. we were starting to pick up a little bit of speed, but I did uh, a zoom walking with Gabe last week with a, with a psychologist. So that worked out really good. So I'll ho- hopefully continue to do that. But yeah, that's been great. You know, you know, for, for us, uh, like David said before, I don't try to, I think, I think only one point I, I mentioned who I am. I said Gabe with Western Pacific insurance uh, at the intro, but other than that, I don't have my logo on there or anything like that. It's this is, this is for them to share it because I truly believe in the philosophy of, of uh, people want to do business with people that they, they know and enjoy and relate to. And, and um, so yeah, this is an opportunity for their clients to get to know them on a more personal level and not, not just on a professional level. No, I think it's a, it's a good idea, man. And, you know, I think that our industry, it's interesting. I think that there are a lot of selfless people that are in, in, in our industry. Um, and we, you and I both know a lot of them. Um, I think we need more. You know, we did, there's so much stuff going on with coronavirus right now. It it actually makes me sick to my stomach because I see how many agencies are out there trying to be perceived as like coronavirus thought leaders and consistently pumping all of this information out. And you know that it's manufactured in a way that's an attempt for them to get business as a result. I can't think of anybody at all that I know of that has written any type of commercial business because they posted rules about coronavirus on LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever. And so we, what we did is number one, I made a decision to remain silent on coronavirus other than communicating with our clients. Um, You know, obviously we need to make sure that that communication is happening, but I didn't want to be perceived as somebody who was trying to take advantage of a, a bad situation and flip it into good for business. What we did do was last week, Uh, I sat up straight up in bed at like four o'clock in the morning on Wednesday. And I'm like, ah, I got this. I know what I can do to help other people with the coronavirus thing. They had just announced the, you know, payroll protection plan with SBA and all of that. And I have a very good relationship with a local community bank. So I got to work that morning. I picked up the phone or, or shot an email to the CEO of the bank. And I said, hey, look, I would really like it if we were able to do a webinar for all of my clients and anybody else that we have that's a prospect in the Bay Area business community so that we can get them in front of your bankers and get their questions answered from the people who know it. And I launched the webinar. 
you know, we, we announced that it was being sponsored by Florida Risk Partners. I got up, I spoke, I just introduced myself, never said my company name, nothing. And a lot of people criticized me and said, you know, that's a golden opportunity. Or, or they said, I can't imagine how much business you've gotten out of that or how many people, you know, are now going to be clients because you did that. That's not what it was about. It was really very basic. It was people need money. These people can get it for them. Let me connect the two of them. And I think that our job sometimes is simply just to be a connector. And I'm really good at that. Like if you call me and say, hey, I need an attorney for this. I know that person. I can connect you to that person. Or if you need web design or what, you know, whatever. But I think that, I think that when we make it about ourselves, it makes our business much more complicated than if you just didn't worry about what's in it for you and know that that's going to get taken care of. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think, uh, I think a lot of, you know, people talk about ROI, ROI way too much in this industry and, and in fact, it's funny you mentioned all this because I was talking to, you guys know Joe Clevenger over in, in Indiana, mm-hmm. super humble, super great guy. We talked on the phone a little bit yesterday and, and he and I are kind of, we have the same philosophy of, hey, let's, let's, you know, serve our community. He's doing some great things in his town or he's buying uh, face masks or uh, masks and, and just donating them. He's going to local businesses, buying food and delivering them to hospitals and, and that's, you know, and he's kind of like you, he doesn't mention his name or he doesn't say, Hey, by the way, can I take a look at your insurance policy (laughs) while I'm here? Yeah, he does masks. Uh, Let me get your deck page real quick. (laughs) You know, he does it because it's the right thing to do. And that's, that's, that's the way, uh, you know, we operate here. We do it based on what the right thing to do is for this community, because this community has given so much uh, back to our, our agency. So, um, yeah, and, and, you know, down the line, it'll it'll come. It'll come around. I mean, it's going to be a little bit difficult to track, obviously. I mean, as a businessman, you do want to track track your, your marketing efforts and things like that. But some things you, you just cannot track. It's difficult, too. You need to have, I don't know if you have a CRM system, but you, if you do, you need to have a walking with Gabe category for yeah. lead source in there. And then yeah. anytime somebody calls in, make sure they're asking how they heard about you. That's That would be awesome to see the percentage of people you get off of that. You know, what's funny is, so um, the one one other thing that we did um, is, and, and, you know, Dave, you, you mentioned, you you know, I like you do, I, I really um, try to support local small businesses. That's the passion of mine um, because, you know, we're small business owners and we know how difficult it is. Um, so, you know, I, I did something simple. I designed a, a shirt to support local um it does have our logo on the on the sleeve here that i put on it i had a bunch of them printed and i put it on our our facebook page and we had a, a local videographer re- just reach out to me and we start kind of started communicating and he he just mentioned how he wanted to offer his services for, for free he wants to go to businesses and offer um like a free promotional video of, of how businesses are getting through these tough times and they could use it for uh their their social media things like that so he he, he and I are going to partner up and um connect with local businesses and start doing that he's going he's going he titled it uh, which totally makes sense it's kind of catchy 6 feet away which is pretty catchy that's cool <laughs> so we're going to be starting to do that late next week um so uh that'll be fun to to really you know get out to the business owners and you know, get to know them and see how a lot of these businesses are, are pivoting and evolving and having to during these times to get through what, they, what you know, get get through these times. At some point, he's going to have like one of those vans that's got the little seat that the videographer sits on the back of and the van's going to drive ahead of walking with Gabe and he's going to be like your <laughs> full-time, full-time uh, film crew. You know, you can be like the guy in Along Came Polly. When he had the E True Hollywood story of Sandy Lyle, the kid from Crocketeers. Dude, I I I'm uh I look ridiculous walking around with a big selfie stick at the top. <laughs> it's all good. I have no shame. You know what? I I think uh I think it's fun and I'm you know, I think anyone that likes to be in front of the camera is a little bit of a attention seeker, so I guess I have a little bit of that in me too. 
Yeah, it was cool. I, I watch a lot of sports, and uh, what it reminded me, I haven't seen the Kevin Nealon thing. First of all, Kevin Nealon is hilarious. Yeah. He is by far my favorite character in the show Weeds. Um, but the uh, the the first place I had seen that was 90 Feet with Jay Billis. I don't know if you watch college basketball or not, but he does a walk, you know, the whole length of the court, 90 feet with like the star player for whatever team that their blockbuster game is. And just asking him, you know, questions, getting to know him a little bit and kind of making him a little bit more human, I guess. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's, that's the first it. thing I thought of. Yeah. That's no, that's exactly it. Making, you know, it doesn't have to be so produced. It's okay. If you say, um, ah, a few times. Mm-hmm, I mean, yeah. Because we're we're all at the end of the day we're all people right and uh, we're all trying to do our very best and um, yeah and that's 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 the whole point of it and uh, you know for me like I said I I, I want to do business with people that I enjoy and can relate to and um, so I think well, hopefully hopefully the community gets a kick out of it I've gotten some pretty good feedback so far so so here's my question you mentioned how businesses are pivoting and you guys are going to go out and and you know do some. I guess for all practical purposes, a documentary type deal. What, what have you done to pivot with everything that's going on right now? How have you, how easy has it been for you to adapt? Well, you know, obviously working remotely, that was a pivot. Um, it was, you know, we're, I would say we're probably, you know, pretty tech, tech, technologically, did I say that word technology fr- uh, friendly in our office. So it, it wasn't too much of a, a hardship for us to go to go remotely um and we still do our continue our weekly meetings or zoom meetings and things like things like that but from uh you know our our phones you know we had a really strong march because leading up to all this happening we we were we were doing really well so we ended march um re- doing really well from a new business standpoint but holy smokes april 1st i i, I don't know what happened but literally like somebody just turned the faucet off and our phones phone calls just died like 50 percent overnight i couldn't believe it um so yeah we're we're being a little bit more proactive reaching out i you know this is we we actually talk about this quite a bit and hey let's not let's not act proactively try to cross sell right now let's let's more reach out and just we, we don't even want to call it an account review let's reach out to see how how you guys are doing Let's reach out to our business clients. Let's reach out to our personal clients, clients um, and, and see how they're doing. Um, is if there is there anything we can do uh, for you to help you out? And let them know about a lot of the um, a lot of the carriers, as you guys know, being in insurance are are offering um, some of those uh, rebates or fifteen percent, twenty percent type rebates. So tell them a little bit about that. Uh, hey, are you working from home? Can we move your car to pleasure mode? Um, things like that. So we're being a lot more proactive, which which is which is actually keeping us pretty busy um you know we're our our agency is built to to from a staffing level and a position level to write new business so yeah there you know we got a couple people that are having to change roles a little bit so that's been been a little bit different and yeah and i'm just uh trying to keep everyone busy and positive i think that's that's kind of the most difficult part is um, you know, we're, you're, you're, we're fielding phone calls and I'm sure you guys are too of business owners that are scared, um, people that are, um, people that have lost jobs, furloughed, laid off, um, you know, on a regular basis, you know, three, four, five times a day, if not more. And then here we are trying to keep our staff and ourselves positive. So that's been, I'm not going to lie. It's been tough. Um, it's, it's a little bit of a struggle. I've started walking a lot at night after dinner. I, I do an hour hour walk and um, to kind is that of, done with a GoPro selfie stick as well? Or <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't take the GoPro by myself. I, I probably you know you should that'd be that, awesome. That that should be funny, but I might I might be a little too depressing when I, when I you could have yeah you could have like after dinner thoughts with game. Oh my, there God. you go. No, I, I need those. In fact, it's actually a good time for me. I check up. So I will say, in all this, obviously, I would much rather this not be happening to, to everybody, and this is an awful time for a lot of people. But there's going to be good that comes out of this. Um, I think one of the things that um, one of the good things are we're getting uh, spending a lot more time with our family. Um, I think another thing is during my walks, I I go through my phone rel- phone Rolodex, and I, I I'm reaching out to people that I I haven't talked to for months or even years. 
and I'll just check in with them because we all have something in common now. So, so that's been really great. That's been a, a really great experience to just randomly reach out to people and they're, they're like, Whoa, who, who are you calling? What did I do? But no, I just want to see how you're doing. Just check in. And, and that's been um, a really great kind of healing uh, to kind of recharge me for the next day and, and get me positive and pumped up. So that's been good. What would you say that you have done now to prepare yourself for the new normal? Because one of, so one of the things that I'm a huge proponent of is evergreen content, right? And we always use the excuse, we're too busy, we're too busy, we're too busy. So when I saw all of this stuff going down, one of the first things I did was look at, okay, what did I want to have done between now and the end of the year? How many of those tasks can I take and immediately shove to right now because they're non-client facing, but will still give me a return on investment down the road? And evergreen content is a huge one. I mean, I think, you know, Ryan Hanley said one time to me that every every blog post that you write is like hiring a salesperson to work for you 24 hours a day. Every single one of us would love a 24-hour salesperson. None of us ever take the time or very few of us take the time to push content out. And so for me, how I'm capitalizing on this is I'm actually slowing down and really focusing on what are those things that are going to matter in three months, six months, nine months, and how can I do activities right now to push me to be successful down the road. Because again, it goes back to what I said before. I think a lot of people in our industry are pushing out information about coronavirus. Six months from now, people aren't going to be Googling that. They might be Googling what is coinsurance, you know, what is what carriers offer roadside assistance or whatever. I mean, any number of evergreen topics that you can come up with are what I want to be focusing on right now because I want to fix that part of my operation. If there's anything that we do that's really weak, it's the content piece. And I know I need to be doing it, but truthfully, we've grown at such a clip. I haven't had the time. Now I do, and I'm not going to allow it to be an excuse. Yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. This is, this is uh, again, when a good thing, I guess, coming out of this is this has allowed a lot of uh, agency owners to kind of slow down and take a breather and reassess a little bit. And that's been a blessing. I, again, obviously, I, you know, I would like to continue to write uh, new business at the pace that we were at, but we're here we are and let's make the best of it. Yeah, we were having to uh, pivot a little bit. It's been good because we're, we, we were, uh, I don't want to say we were one of the first to adopt because uh, like I said, I copy everything that other people do, but we, we were definitely really heavy in video proposals and we, we got so busy that we, we, we slowed down on that. So now we're getting back into uh, video proposals. And you know what's amazing right now is people are at home isolated. They see a video, they, they're like, yes, it's a real person. I feel connected. So it's actually been, um, it's, it's been uh, well, you know, it's, it, it's been the, re- the review, the response has been, it, it been really great. Um, also, uh, again, not to be too salesy, but cyber liability is a big one right now. You got everybody working from home. Well, that's a lot of internet connections that aren't secure. So, um, you know, definitely um, pushing the cyber liability right now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, we are definitely spending a little bit more time. Instead of pushing out, let's say, you know, 20 quotes, we, we're probably pushing out maybe 10 right now, half of what we used to. So we could spend more time on those. We can spend more time customizing the proposal and doing the video proposal um, and, and connecting with the client. So it's, it's again, in a lot of ways, it's been good. It, um, it's been good. And we're going to get through this. We will. It's going to be, you know, you know, Dave, honestly, and I was talking to my friend about this earlier. I, I'm, I know this whole coronavirus thing. We're going to get through this. It might take six months. It might take a year. I'm more concerned about the, the effect that this period is going to have on businesses moving forward. That's my biggest concern. Yeah. So it's, well, it's interesting, right? Because you've got a bunch of small businesses that are really getting impacted. And sadly, some of them are going to go out of business. What replaces that? Yeah. You know, if these, if it's not like all of a sudden people are going to have this great <laughs> idea. Oh, I think I'm going to go open up a restaurant or I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. A, if they would have thought that's what they wanted to do with their life, they would have already been doing it. B, they're going to be scared to death to do anything like that because a lot of them just got hammered. And I mean, it's it's really, really scary. I'm, I'm interested to see 
you know, my theory on all of this is I really think that I don't, you know, obviously I don't want to be political, but at the same time, I do like want to see a problem solved. Right. And I would, I would be interested to know just exactly how much money the government is sitting on from all of the premium they've collected for terrorism since 2001. I'd be interested to know what that number is. I'm sure it's been published. I haven't read it because I'm really trying to not like read up on all of this stuff. But my my point being, this is a lot of money that's probably that's never been touched since it was since inception, right? So I feel like if the government is going to do anything at all to intervene in in backstop this, and they're going to force business income stuff to happen, I really feel like they should. Do it through the carriers, because I think that the government has no business adjusting claims for starters. (laughs) So if they're going to make business income claims be paid, they need to let the carriers do it. And then the government needs to subsidize that. But I think I'm not an advocate advocate for a bunch of taxation, but I think that if they were to have something for pandemics similar to what they've done for TRIA, they would be able to recoup a lot of money really, really quickly, and it would be death by a thousand cuts. But I think that that might be a feasible way to sort of fix the problem as best they can. The issue is going to be, okay, what if you didn't have business income at all? Well, now all of a sudden, that's a whole different conversation, and I don't want to see us go down a bunch of rabbit holes for different ways to find coverage that was never elected or paid for. I understand that they're trying to do right by the businesses and that they may need to force the insurance companies to get involved. I don't believe that it's the insurance company's responsibility. It was It's clear on the policies that we've written. Look, I'll be the first person to admit I've never sat one of my clients down at binding a policy and said, by the way, you need to understand virus and pandemic. It's a big exclusion right here. This is something that I'm concerned about. A, because it never crossed my mind to talk to them about that. And I'll be honest, you know, and say that and B because I couldn't solve the problem. Anyhow, there was no way to buy coverage for it. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I, 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 this is, I have never, ever looked at that language myself. Just like, I, I mean, I think if anyone says they knew that they're either geniuses or they probably are not being honest. Um, this, yeah, I, I, had no clue. Now, Dave, you think, I mean, even, you know, you're a commercial insurance guru. Do you think these carriers, the spirit of that language or that exclusion was to um, exclude a pandemic or maybe it was something else like a flu outbreak at a restaurant? And that, I, I can't imagine the carriers knowing that this this could happen. Here's Here's what I think. I think that we've all been pretty naive to the fact that something like this can go down. So it's not really looked at with the same level of intensity as wind events or earthquake or things like that. So I I don't know what the spirit of the intent was, but I don't think that it was really something that was ever even focused on. I think the other problem that they have is there's no real actuarial data that they could use to set rate. You, I mean, how do you right. set your rates in a primary layer? How do you set reinsurance rates in addition to that? And so I think that some of the things, some of the limited things that I've read where they just feel like it's something that's uninsurable because there's no way to really get your arms around it. Now you can do predictive modeling with weather events and all of that stuff. And you're still probably not going to get it right. But there's also ways to counter that. I'll never forget. I was sitting in a CRM one time and there was a guy that had been a risk manager for State Farm that was in there. And he was in Florida where State Farm had just pulled out of the homeowner's insurance market. So he did not have any friends in the room at all when he was telling this story. And he made it even worse when he told the story. But basically what he was explaining is that from a, uh, an enterprise risk management standpoint, State Farm would look at a wind event. And if a storm ever got within certain geographic coordinates, um, latitudinal and longitudinal coordinates, they would go out and put a bunch of money into lumber futures. And they knew that if the storm hit, they were going to make enough off of the lumber futures to offset the cost of what they had in claims. I don't know how you would even approach something like that from a pandemic standpoint. Hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I keep seeing, you know, I'm sure you guys are getting business clients, um, you know, forwarding newsletters and articles as, as we are. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the most difficult thing about this right now is none of us really know, right? Everything's so fluid with all these loan programs and attorneys suing carriers for business income, trying to, you know, get, get, trying to kind of get through the exclusions on the policies and whatnot. I don't know. This is, it's, it's, that's kind of the most frustrating thing is trying to be reassuring to your clients, but at the same time, we don't really know either because <laughs> there's so much, uh, so, so much unknowns right now. Yeah. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting time. It really is. It's, yeah, I think we're all going to get better from this, but it truly is uh interesting times. Well, I think too, if you have an office where you have people that like each other and you're used to being around each other and now all of a sudden you're not, you lose some of your day, right? Like you, I've been in office environments where I really actually enjoy going and being sarcastic with the people I'm in the office with. We joke, we have a good time, we get our job done, but there's a a spirit of camaraderie there and everybody's on the same page. And I think that it makes it more difficult as a leader to Mm. run your business when you don't, when, when it's a disconnect, you know, I mean, yeah, you can have zoom calls and everything else, but it's not the same. Oh, hundred percent. I'm a, you know, one being an extreme introvert and 10 being an extreme extrovert, I'm probably like a 10. I mean, I, I really love being around people. I'm curious about people. I constantly want to, you know, I mean, you know, God bless my wife, but usually I'm out, you know, a couple of days a week, uh, catch, catching up with business clients or other insurance agencies re- regionally, um, in the evenings for happy hour, dinner, uh, weekends. I'm always out with the, with my wife and the kids again, and not to, not to sound, uh, you know, we're very grateful. Everyone's healthy, but that's been tough. It really have. It's been mentally rough for me. I'm not going to lie. It, it's been, it's been a struggle, and that's why I do all my walks. Hopefully, I make me lose a little weight. <laughs> You're working on your pacing, man. <laughs> I know, right? That's right. Trying to slow it down. Yeah. So, yeah, it's 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 definitely it's going to get interesting the longer this thing drags on. Which uh, here in Washington, they've the governor came out a few days ago that it's going to go till um, or uh, May fourth, which is that first week of May. It'll be interesting. From a mel- mental health standpoint, how many people are going to start, you know, are are going to be able to not hold it together? Because I could see some people, you know, getting getting pretty antsy, man. Better the 4th of May than the 4th of June or July. I mean. Oh, my God. Can you imagine if he comes back out and delays it another month? Holy smokes. That would be rough. Yeah. Well, I got to ask you, man, you, uh, you you had my mouth watering and taste buds going with the peanut butter porter that I saw you posting about. That was... Is, is it as good as it sounds? Does it sound disgusting? Not at all. It doesn't? Some people think it... Some people say that sounds odd. Sounds different. It is so good. Um, <laughs> it's got like... It, 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 first of all, the peanut butter, it, it's just a hint of peanut butter. Well, first of all, let me plug Sound Summit, uh, Sound Summit Brewery out on the Snohomish. They're clients of ours, um, amazing brewery, local brewery. But uh, they they're, they had another brewery called Lost Canoe, and now they've kind of merged. But they, they're famous for this peanut butter porter beer. Um, I bought, uh, <clears throat> for my friend's birthday, I bought four um, growlers and gave him one. I took one and gave a couple to a couple other friends, but they, uh, the beer is so good. It's got this hint of peanut butter at the tail end when you drink it as it, see, I'm making, I'm getting thirsty as I speak, talk about this right now, <laughs> as it goes down your throat, Dave, like Dave, I could tell you're, you're, you're about to go look, look, track this peanut butter porter down right now. Dude, in my mind, I'm wondering, do they ship? And I'm going to the website immediately after we get done recording. <laughs> it's, it truly is good. And, and I don't, I'm not a big fan of like Guinness. You don't drink Guinness for fun, do you? No. Does anybody? Car yeah. bombs. I mean, car bombs, right. Yeah, you do car <laughs> But no, I you know Guinness is too thick for me. Um, it's not. I a, like porter. I like a porter or a stout. Like if I just want to have like one beer, you know what I mean? It, Isn't it more of like thick. a wintry type of beer though? It's kind not? of a it's, it's it's a dark beer, but it's not thick. It's got uh, it doesn't feel thick, but 
it still has that that thick beer taste and i could probably have uh, you know two or three and and be okay not feel like you've had two or three cheeseburgers like you do after a couple, <laughs> couple guinnesses oh uh, uh, yeah yeah it's uh it's it's delicious if you ever come out here dave i will take you we'll get peanut butter porter beer there's a 100% chance that will happen. <laughs> you got it, man. I want to I want to walk with Gabe while we have Just a peanut butter growlers. My problem is I don't know if I can keep up with him and if I do, I would probably be <laughs> too far out of breath to enjoy yeah, my your peanut knees butter beer. Get me self-conscious about my walking speed, man. I'm going to have to wear one of those helmets that's got the straws that go into your mouth so that I can be hands-free. There you go. It could have just been. It looked like the. It looked like the gal that you were doing the walk with had a dog with her. Maybe the dog was just setting the pace, and you guys were just like, you know, Danielle. Well, she's also like five feet tall, right? I mean, I'm short, and she has a short out there in Seattle. Yeah, she's even shorter than me, so she's uh, she's she's she probably you know her 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 legs are probably moving twice the speed of mine, so. Well, so I, here's, I promise to walk slower next time. <laughs> I'm just, so, I'm so here's my question. Me. Here's my question for you, man. If you were an agency owner or in any type of business and you wanted to just start doing something in the community like what you've done, obviously the, the walking with Gabe thing's cool. I did see your T-shirts that you have done. You know, I think that a lot of people use – just they look, people have excuses for everything. And so I hear it when people say, well, I want to write larger commercial accounts. How do I do that? Well, you just do it, you know, just decide that's what you're going to do and go do it. I'm interested as to what advice you would give anybody to how to get plugged in. What, you know, what, when you decided you were going to start doing this, what was your approach? I'm going to say this and Dave, Dave, this is an inside joke that Dave, Dave and I have, but just don't be a douche. (laughs) (laughs) just seriously be be genuinely kind to people you know don't be an arrogant punk be genuinely kind you don't know what they're going through um you know i i i I didn't grow up with money so i think that maybe helped um you know we've i didn't get i didn't get a not to talk bad about anyone that got help from family or anything like that but i didn't I started this scratch. I didn't get a loan from, from my dad. I, I didn't, you know, we, I grinded to, to get this thing up and running. And I think that kind of holds me down a little bit and um, keeps me humble, but just, yeah, just be humble and, and, and reach out to people and uh, in good times and bad um, and just genuinely care. And that's, and we've, and that's the philosophy that I've always had and will always continue to have. And those are the people that we always hire. When, when I go to hire people, we hire people that have good values and morals. And, and that's kind of helped us uh, move forward. And I think that's going to continue to, um, you know, continue to shape who we are as an agency and uh, hopefully get us really connected with this community, which I think it has. And hopefully it will, it will even further once we go through kind of these weird times. I think there's a lot of bulletproof bullies behind computer monitors these days, you know, and I, <laughs> I don't know, you're, you might be more passive than I am, Gabe. I'm always more of the type that if somebody says something like that, that gets me going, I'd rather just punch them in the face. But <laughs> um, You know, it just, it blows my mind. And I think that's good advice. I think, that, you know, you're going to continue to be successful because you, know where you came from. You're not above anybody else and you don't hold yourself that way. I know that I personally subscribe to that belief a hundred percent. It doesn't matter how much money I ever make, how much wealth or success I obtain. At the end of the day, I'm still going to be the same dude that I was, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Um, And I, I agree with you. I think that sometimes people were just emotionally immature they get a little bit of success and they think that that makes them better than somebody else but as quick as you got it it can be jerked out from under you in a heartbeat and you know i think that if we remain humble and never take our our successes for granted and we continue to push forward and do right by people ultimately we'll always come out ahead yeah you nailed it 100 percent. we uh you know we're in an industry where you can do well if you uh, work hard, but uh, you're absolutely right. It can be taken away just as fast. And I don't know if people realize that, um, you know, it, it yeah, you've got to, you got to be grateful for what we have. 
because uh, you know, like you said, it can it can be gone in a heartbeat if uh, something you know if you're not focused and, and humble about it. So, yeah, that's uh, that's what that's how we've got through it, and that's that's only that's seriously the, my bit bit of advice that I would have for somebody starting out. Is Don't be a douche. That's it. Yeah. So where do they find you, Gabe? You know, I'm sure people on here are going to want to reach out. Where Where do they find Gabe O and, and tell them what you, oh, what they you can, do? This is your this is your plug. Me, they can connect me, connect me uh, with me on Facebook, on LinkedIn. Um, you know, you can look us up, Western Pacific Insurance Group. There is actually a Western Pacific Insurance out of Vegas. We get their binders occasionally. I should probably get licensed in Vegas and start writing those policies. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But no, uh, we are a Western Pacific Insurance Group out of Seattle. Um, so they could look us up there. Um, yeah, I'd love if anyone wants to just chat and connect and, you know, talk about uh, the goods and bads and ups and downs, please uh, reach out. I love connecting with other agency owners across the country. It's uh, something I really enjoy doing. What I heard through the course of this conversation is that Gabo is a 10 out of 10 on extrovert status and loves drinking beer. So I don't know how you could find a better time if you're on the West Coast than reaching out to this guy. I want to tell everybody it's been a pleasure having him on. Gabe, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. I can tell you firsthand from you know being on the other side of the country that I really appreciate what you're doing locally. Um, you have inspired me to think outside the box and think of ways I can do things in my community to try and catch up to you at some point. But, you know, it's admirable what you're doing. I know that a lot of people appreciate it. They probably haven't given you um, a pat on the back. And I also know that's not why you do it. So keep pushing forward, brother. It's been a pleasure. Hey, I really appreciate you guys uh, thinking of me, Dave, and thanks so much for your time. And Hey, don't, man, you, you, I love you because you're, you're, you're just as humble as I am. I know you're doing some crazy stuff out down there too, some good stuff down there. So keep it up. And well, I think you guys are a few weeks behind us with this whole coronavirus thing. So hopefully everyone stays healthy and safe and uh, we'll get through this crazy times. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Gabe. Good talking to you, man. Yeah, take care, guys. You've been listening to the Power Producers Podcast. You can follow Killing Commercial Insurance on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to take your game to the next level, next level, check out our book, The Extra Two Minutes, and our website, killingcommercial.com.